Hey, it's Alan Berg. Before we get to this episode, I've had some interest in doing either a mastermind or a master class before winning MBA this year, either on the Monday or the Tuesday. If you'd like to show interest and see what the different options are and let me know what you might be interested in, the prices, the times are all there. Go to podcast.allenberg.com. Click the button to take the two-question survey. Really simple. And if you haven't gotten your tickets for Wedding MBA yet, use the coupon code Allen. my name, A-L-A-N, at WeddingMBA.com. Save $20 off any ticket. Go to podcast.allenberg.com. Take the two-question survey. I'll see you in Vegas this year. When is a complaint a gift. Listen to this episode and find out. Welcome to another episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Alan Berg. I'm a speaker, author, sales trainer, website reviewer, and I help businesses like yours sell more, profit more, and have more fun doing it. Enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Alan Berg. Welcome back to another episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. I am so happy to have my friend Janelle, Dr. Janelle Barlow on to talk about A Complaint is a Gift. Welcome, Janelle. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Alan. I'm really glad to be here. And we were chatting on LinkedIn about this. And I said, well, let's not chat here. Let's get onto the podcast and let's talk about this because this is what you speak about. So where did this come from that brought you to, well, actually give a little background on, on Dr. Janelle Barlow. Okay, I'm Dr. Janelle Barlow. Where this whole uh, complaint is a gift came from, I was with a, an international company and we had been working with the notion of a complaint is a gift. And so I said to the head of the company, let me write a book about this. And I put his name on it as well. And uh, now we're into the third edition of it. He, he is no longer with us. He has passed over to the other side where there are no complaints. And uh, he is, uh, uh, hopefully he's listening in, but the, so I'm still, I'm still with this topic though. I can tell you over the last 30 years, it is the whole field of complaint handling has changed dramatically, as you can imagine. Right. Re- reviews, certainly. Uh, the, the the fact that people no longer their soapbox is literally a soapbox where they can only tell the people with an earshot. Now they can tell anybody anywhere. They can tell anybody anywhere and they exaggerate. <laughs> well, so we know that very well in the wedding event industry because uh, uh. there are millions, literally millions of reviews out there. Uh, I, uh, Some people know, you may not know, I was vice president of sales of the not Dot com, which is the largest wedding website in the world, um, uh, and Wedding Wire. So they're combined together into Not Worldwide now. So they are, they're in 15 countries. And they have literally millions, millions of reviews of wedding and event professionals on there. And we know that, for the most part, they are phenomenal. You know, people hire great yes. people and they do right. a great job. Uh, right. I actually got a phone call the other night from a very good friend who got her first one-star review from a mother who was oh. unhappy about something. Won't get into the details, but that's when I get the call. You know, their hair right. is on fire and they right. call me like, ah, what do I do? And have to talk them off the ledge. So, so let me ask you a question, Alan. Do you yeah. know, has anybody done big data analysis with all those millions of uh, inputs? Uh, well, Wedding Wire and The Knot definitely do. And one of the things that's a challenge right now is because so many five-star reviews are there, because this is different yes, than a restaurant. Right. It's different mm-hmm. than a hotel. You travel, I travel. I've mm-hmm. personally posted over 600 reviews on TripAdvisor, personally, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I travel a lot. Um, but it's hard for me to give a five-star review on TripAdvisor because that's like really, really, really top level versus 
four, which means better than you expected, right? Three right. is kind of what you expected. Two is less than you expected. Right. One is right. it was way less than you expected. Right. So if I go to a restaurant, and as a matter of fact, the first time I tried to post a five-star on one of the sites, either Yelp or TripAdvisor, it literally, Janelle, came up with a thing that said, was this one of the best meals you've ever had in a restaurant? It's like, whoa, whoa, that's a benchmark, right? That's a different benchmark than was it really good? So mm -hmm. I give a lot of fours where I was like, well, wow, that was better than I expected. Mm -hmm. I don't give a lot of fives, but with mm -hmm. weddings, it's different because you don't right. plan on doing it again, right? You right. know, right. was this the best wedding you've ever had? Huh, well, maybe for, maybe well, it was the let only Let me just say this, offer this as a tip because on yeah. TripAdvisor, there's a group of uh, uh, university professors who have been using big da data to analyze those. And what they've come up with are several answers to questions that people have, you know, which, what should you respond to? And uh, the answer is uh, you should respond mostly, you should respond first to the negative ones because in most of these sites, and you would probably know more about the wedding site, is that once you've responded to it, it drops down to the next page so that it leaves more of the top ones up there. But what they also found was that it makes a big difference as to whether or not you've got a four, uh, one to a four, four, because then they bounce it up to a 4.5. And mm -hmm. a 4.5, it sounds like it, this is how it works there yep. as well. Then you you will get more bookings. Right. People will look at you more. Right. So uh, what we find is each site has its own sort default. Right. The uh, On sites like WeddingWire and The Knot, you can actually highlight or pin a review. Yelp has the same thing. So you can say, this is the first review. You're always uh -huh. going to see this review. And I always caution people, you you better update that every once in a while because recency matters. You don't want that first one being old. And Janelle, I, I've seen ones that are, you know, three, four, five years old sometimes. But in June, I was at this venue out in California and I went and looked on one of the sites and their first review was pinned from 2006. Mm. Not 16, six. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was 16 years ago and yes. they haven't updated because nobody's oh. paying attention. Yeah, yeah and you can't, you can't trust that review. You can't trust that, right? It doesn't mean anything. They don't trust right. two years ago, right? Mm -hmm. They want to know what right. you did two weeks ago. Right, So exactly. um, I always tell people the four things that matter for reviews are the number, right? And when you mm -hmm. get into double digits, yeah. it feels more substantial. You want to have the score. Obviously, you want to have the highest score you can, yes. although it, right, it doesn't have to be perfect, though. It doesn't have to no, be 5.0. Right. Yeah. That's still 4.5 is fine. 4.5, 4.7, 4 4.8. Yeah. All of those are still good. And mm -hmm. that less than five legitimized all your fives. Right. The third thing is the recency because yes. they do care about what you've done lately. Mm -hmm. And the fourth thing is the responding. I know you said you should first respond to the negative. What we've been telling people is respond to everything. Yes. Yes. And that's a very good advice. But if you've got to put them in order, you go for right. those negative ones first. <laughs> right. And and the response needs to be customized, tailored to the question itself. The, so many of the reviews that I read that the hotel managers, because that's mostly what I've been looking at, the hotel managers will uh, will say, uh, well, this is very good. And I hope you realize we've been making changes and that you'll come back and see the fine job that we've done. But they all say that. I mean, right. they, they all say more or less the same thing. But some of these people just, they copy and paste. Yeah, I, I personally would prefer on TripAdvisor that you didn't respond instead of a copy paste because mm -hmm. copy paste means you made right. no effort there. Right, right. If I take the time to post a review, and I think this is the case for many people, if I take the time to post a review, I'm gonna post a review that I think would be helpful. So I'm yes. not gonna say I enjoyed right. the hotel, right. I'm gonna say what right. I enjoyed. Right. I enjoyed the restaurant. No, I'm gonna right. say what I enjoyed. Right. 
I always want to try to find something good. So if the service was good, but the food right. was eh, or the food was good and the service was eh, I want right. you to know. Mm -hmm. And I don't say the food was good. I say I had the, <laughs> right. the whatever. Right. So you know, especially I, right. I, I try to eat gluten-free. So if like the other day I posted, it was IHOP, right? And uh -huh. I, you know, pancakes is in, well, not in their name anymore because now they're just an acronym, but IHOP. They have some of the best gluten-free pancakes I've ever had. And I've is been to right? many IHOPs and uh -huh. you, even people are like, oh, it's IHOP. No, 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 I'm telling you, I need gluten-free and I, they have some of the best. So when I post, I post, some of the best gluten-free pancakes I've ever had. And then I said that Jacob was really helpful, who he was. This is the waiter I posted the other day. You know, but for somebody to post a good review, it has to move the needle kind of way past the middle. Whereas a negative review, even a little bit less, some people might go and do that. Is that what you're finding over the years? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But but then let's say that Jacob was not so great. Then, mm -hmm. then uh, and, and you specified. I mean, I, you're a responsible reviewer, so you would probably yeah. say, Jacob looked like he was overwhelmed. There were too many right. people. And okay, so then you'd say, you know, you really appreciate that remark. And uh, in fact, what you're going to do is get your whole team together so that you could talk about what do you do in our restaurant when we get overwhelmed? So they know that you're, you will come back with that because you'll, you, in fact, you're kind of interested to know what happened. I, I think I tell people it's like you're not in the room if you don't mm -hmm. respond at all. Mm -hmm. And, and somebody, I heard this from the, the CEO of one of the sites that has a lot of reviews. And he said, this is more of his conjecture, but from experience that people who respond to the good reviews make the bad review less likely or less with less vitriol because they know you're going to reply. That's right. Right. Yeah. So and, you're, you're right. Go ahead. And there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like what you did. I mean, it, eventually <laughs> it's going to be yeah. there. Yeah, this one the other day was, it seemed like the couple was very happy on the day, but the mother was not happy that she did not get recognized as much as the mother of the groom. Oh. So she took it upon herself to go and do this. Now, fortunately, uh, or unfortunately, she did this on a site where you're only allowed to post a review if you've had a contract and paid money to that vendor. So she, this, the vendor was able to get it taken down because it actually violated the rules of that site. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so yeah. th in that case, I said, now that does not, and I, I told my friend, I said, listen, they're going to take that down and they're going to keep it down because the mother won't be able to prove she paid you money because she didn't. However, mm -hmm. that doesn't stop her from going to another site and trying to do it again. So just right. be prepared <laughs> that right. that might be, but or you're always, even, yeah, more significantly is she tells her friends who are, have children who are getting married. Right. And yeah, that, right. that those, those kinds of reports are meaningful. Right. The, uh, what uh, I heard from uh, the Not in Wedding Wire is that the average couple reads seven to nine reviews per vendor for venues and photographers and five mm -hmm. to seven for all the, all the other vendors. So what that means is if you're looking at your page the way they would look at it, that first seven to nine, those are the ones if you have not been I replying to, start there. Mm -hmm. You don't need to go to the 50 or mm -hmm. I, I'm actually doing a, a webinar for a group in the UK and I was looking at sites and I saw people trying to show the importance of reviews and I put up a screenshot of one person has four reviews and then one that has 26 and then one that has 66. They say it's more impressive. And then one has 1,056. They said, you know what? You, you, that's a lot. You don't need to be there to show people you do a good job. Mm -hmm. Because some mm -hmm. people do a few weddings a year, some people do you know hundreds or thousands a year. So, right. Right. but let me ask you a question. Let, let's let's yes. dial this back okay. a little bit. In thirty years of talking about this, what has changed and what hasn't changed? 
Well, I mean, one of the things is what we were just talking about, and that is the dominance of these reviews online and how they affect business. That has definitely changed. Uh, And I think it's going to continue to change because uh, when I read that piece of research by these three professors, I think they were at Harvard, they, I talk about them in my book, and I don't remember exactly, but I, I'm pretty <laughs> You wrote the book a while ago. <laughs> they, they, they were able to underscore all kinds of things that people have been asking. But when you're doing big data analysis, you know, you're no longer looking at what one person says. Right. And the, the, I think the people who are vendors and who are in this industry, they don't have to worry so much about what one person says, but what is the whole industry learning about this field? And that will come out if somebody hasn't done a major piece of research on all of these uh, on all of these reviews. It will get done because now that data analysis is there. You know, just about anybody can do that. You can rent time from IBM and get online and do some analysis. Right. That, that's that's significant. And I think what's also, if I can just add on to that, what's going to change is that the uh, what these people also found was that some, for example, a, a manager, I'm, I'm looking at TripAdvisor of a hotel, uh, what th- they thought they were, if they were getting a three on a scale from one to five, that that was an okay rating. I mean, yeah. that's, that's not, not anymore. No, I don't think it ever was. But a lot of these, pe- a lot of people really need to take some time and learn how these websites work. And it sounds like you're doing a good job at that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you know, as a reviewer and as a someone who helps people with reviews, and I get reviewed as well. I'm reviewed on Google. I'm reviewed on my books on Amazon, like I'm sure you are as yeah. well. Uh, you know, th- they are our brand. I've spoken about yes, this many right, times. Exactly. Branding Branding mm-hmm. is your books. I can see there, you know, behind you, I can see on the table there. Branding's my logo over my shoulder. In my, you can't see in my shirt there in the picture. Many, more people more people are listening than watching anyway. But but branding is that. It's our logos, our colors, and with consistency with all of right. that. Right. But our brand is what people say about us. Right. That's what people right. say about us. When we speak, when we write in, in, in our in my industry here, you know, after they've experienced what you do, whether they were the customer or not, because you, know, mm-hmm. you think about it, the reason people pe- bring two people together for a wedding, for a quinceanera, for a mitzvah, for a corporate event or whatever, they're bringing lots of people and every one of those people is reviewing you, whether they're doing it officially online or not, or just telling their friends when somebody says, hey, how was the party? How was the bar mitzvah? How was mm-hmm. the party? You know, they're reviewing you. Um, so that is your brand. And one of the things that big data is doing is looking at the words that come up most often in your reviews. Yes. They're kind and of like that, content analysis. Exactly, exactly. Whether you, whether it's a word cloud or however you do it there. Um, if, if I always, I tell people, this is an exercise that I want you to do. And sometimes we do it where solopreneurs will do it for each other because you want to take your emotion out of it. You read your own reviews, you're, mm-hmm. you're emotional about it. You read somebody else's reviews, you can be a little bit more objective about it. But if you read the reviews of somebody else, so do it for your friend, have them do it for you. What words come up again and again? What phrases come up again and again? Mm-hmm. That is your brand. Right. My brand, um, entertaining and funny comes up when I speak, but I'm not an entertainer or a comedian, but uh-huh. right. I'm entertaining and we're gonna laugh a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right? Actionable content, common sense things, I can use it right away over and over and over and over again. That is my brand. Accessibility, mm-hmm. the fact that I'm sitting you know, at dinner with them, sitting at the bar and going on the you know, excursions or whatever. It's, it's amazing how many times somebody will say to me, hey, hey, thanks for coming to the party. I'm like, 
thanks for inviting me. <laughs> I could be sitting in my hotel room right now, but instead I'm here at a party with you guys. Right. Plus we learn, right. you and I learn by sitting next to the people that we speak to, right. not by standing in front of them. Right. So, 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 so let me add, you, you said what yeah. were some things that we've learned. I want to make sure I, yeah. I get, I mean, there's so many little things that have changed, but, but there, a second thing that I think, and this is a little thing, but I've noticed it. And that is that it's really not a good idea to try to reduce the number of complaints. Mm. It's not a good idea. Even the ones that show up on your, you know, on the review sites, because you can. So why why is that? Why is it not a good idea to try to reduce them? Because then what will happen, especially if you're a sole uh, owner and that and you're the only one, you're the advisor, you're the consultant, whatever, you don't have to worry so much about that. But if you've got a team of people around you who are helping you with these events, helping you with everything that you do, uh, if you give any hint at all that you don't want to hear a particular complaint, for example, if you you know so say that the complaint that starts to show up on these websites is uh, they weren't. Uh, they weren't precise. They weren't mm -hmm. precise. They missed some of the details, uh, just as a simple example. And and then the, the owner of this establishment says to the staff, you know, I am sick and tired of hearing about this, that people yeah. think that we're not precise. I am so tired of hearing about this. Now, what that person may be really meaning is we need to fix this, but that's not what they're saying. What they're saying is, I'm sick and tired of hearing. And then what will happen is people, their staff will stop telling them about those things. Right. They will. So, because who is their customer? Their customer is their boss. That is right. really the most important customer. So this is market research. I, I, I've been saying this a long time. I have a friend of mine who works for a big multinational company in market research. And I remember years ago, I said to him, what does it cost to get one of those one-way mirror rooms with a room full of people to do that? And I used to do that. I used to go and be one of those people in the room rating things. I used to, oh, I shouldn't say this, but I used to lie about what I do because if you're in marketing or advertising yeah. or whatever, they wouldn't let you into there. So I forget what I told them I did, but I didn't tell them I did that. Just I wanted to see what it was like. And this is years ago. He said years ago, it, it would cost $5,000 minimum to rent that room and get the camera and get the oh. people in and do all that kind of stuff, minimum, minimum. And we get to do this for free every day, just mm -hmm. reading the reviews, reading right. the things that people right. write to us. Right. So what you talked about was a management flaw, which is not, I don't want to hear about it, but right. how do we reduce these? What do we do together to stop this from happening? Which right. is right. management right. approach. But one of my customers said, you call it a complaint as a gift, which I love that phrase. One of my customers said, a good customer complains, a bad customer just goes away. Yes, exactly. That's right. right. Yeah. The good customer is the one who wants you to get better, who wants you to fix it. Right. That's the good customer. And, uh, you know, and there are just too few of those people. Right. Uh, and, you know, not everybody, um, again, not everybody has that attitude, but which they should, because, you know, good customer complaints, I want to hear it. Um, uh, I am actually having a situation right now. We ordered, oh, this is going to come out afterwards. Uh, my, my niece is getting married and we ordered custom cufflinks for my sons. So because they're walking my mother-in-law down the aisle wearing black tie and they're each going to have different for their style. And the way that I ordered this on Etsy, it was supposed to be the last name was the big initial in the middle. So first name, middle name, and it came all the same size. Oh, mm -hmm. I was like, well, that's not right. So I complained. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she came back and said, well, this type style you chose is all the same size. It doesn't come bigger or smaller. I said, Where does it say that? <laughs> Where does it say mm -hmm. that? So we go back and forth without looking at it. Now she's saying, well, we don't take returns on custom items, but I'll give you 20% off to order again. <sighs> really? 
No, I don't think so. So I go back and she shows me somewhere where it said I was supposed to say uh, lowercase initial for the first name, uppercase, lowercase to show her how we wanted it. I didn't see that. So I'm going to take some responsibility for that. But I went back and said, really, it's not really clear or whatever. 20% off seems a little bit weak. I am taking some responsibility. She came back and said, I'll give you 50% off. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine, because I, I realize I missed something there. If I, I hadn't missed I, anything, I, I could yell, I could scream. No, no, you know what? Mea culpa, right? It's, it was on me. So yeah. now we're ordering it again. They, they come in fine. I'm going to be, you know what? That was fine. I'm not going to go post a bad review for her right. That's right. because of that. Right. I will hope right. that she would update the listing <laughs> to make it yes. clearer for the next person. Exactly. Maybe she learned something from that. Exactly. Um, and the amount of money that, you know, even if she just said, okay, we're, we'll redo them for you at no charge. Right, right. Cool. The amount of money compared to the example that you just said, where he's sending send me in the room, the two-way mirror and right. $5,000. Right. I'm sure that those cufflinks didn't cost $5,000. Well, maybe. no. And, and, and the point <laughs> being, would I have felt better if she had said, oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't clear. I'll redo it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I take some responsibility for not having given it the way? Yes. Should she have come back and said, hey, mm-hmm. just so you know, that's not going to be? Yes, she should have done that. So maybe her, I'm hoping she's learning something from it. Right. Uh, but again, not everybody is you and I. I, right. I complain because like you said, I want them to know because I'm not necessarily looking for like at a hotel. If right. I tell you that something's wrong, it's not that I'm looking for something. Hotel, and I yeah. know, I know so many people are, I know that yes. that's unfortunate. But I want you to know. And uh-huh. I've had some really good conversations with managers of hotels saying, hey, listen, you probably don't know this, but, or mm-hmm. you should know this, whatever. Right. And if I see something in my room, I might take a picture and show the front desk. And what I want is acknowledgement. Thank you for letting us know. Yes. Right? right. I'm not asking for a credit. I'm not asking for a free night. But right. I know that they're on they're kind of on that um, you know defensive posture. Anytime somebody complains, they're probably looking for something free. No, all of us aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's estimated that only about 4% or so actually try to actively cheat, actively. But managers think about a third of the people are lying when they're making their complaints. Frontline staff, it's a much lower number. They believe the customers. Isn't that interesting? Wait, 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 wait. We'll go back again. So 4% yeah. of people are actually actively trying to cheat the system. Yeah, that's you, the estimate. All right, let's, let's, so just listen to that. So, the, but, but we know that those people, it, it kind of digs into you. It hurts more and you remember those. But the people mm-hmm. actually, you know, people in our industry call it, you know, blackmail. They're saying, if you don't give me a credit, I'm going to, or you don't refund me, I'm going to go post this review. That's a really small number. That's a really very, small, very small number. Really mm-hmm. small number. But right. managers estimate that it's a third of people who complain (laughs) and probably ask for something. I don't know if they even do that, but they think about a third of them are just making the whole thing up. Okay. But that's their estimate, not the reality. That's not the reality. That's right. Okay, And the way outside the reality, way outside the reality and the frontline staff. I don't remember what the number is, but it's considerably down. It's like in the 10, 11, 12% is like considerably. Think that people think that people are just complaining just to get something. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the frontline okay. staff is more, they believe, they're believers in the customers. And I think that that's true because they're there with them. You know, it's like, right. the, whereas the managers are kind of out here. So they probably are looking at them a little bit differently. Right. I don't know. You know, that's, that's another thing that I want to say that is, has happened is that I think that the researchers now have come to the conclusion that the, bit, the, the most important thing that you do is you handle the emotional aspect of this complaint. Okay. 
do, I mean, you've got to fix the problem too, and right. you got to do something with that customer. But right. the most important thing is you've got to address the emotionality of that customer because that will determine how they walk away. So let's say that that this person that you have the problems with the cufflinks that they she had said, oh, oh, you know, she would, I'll I'll do this for you, I'll do, but I'm not happy about it. I'm not. Right. You you would have gotten what you would have gotten, but you would have been unhappy about it. Which is which is kind of where I am mm-hmm. because. You know, if she had just said, hey, I'm sorry, you know, yes. normally we don't take back these things, but right. it's not right. clear. Let me just redo it. I would feel fine because right. I had to go back and forth. And I have to say that right. I tempered my language. I wrote what I wanted to say, then didn't, then I changed it uh, and then went back. And then I said, you know, it, could you do, is there something you can do more than the 20%? I'm taking some responsibility for this because right. I know right. you catch more flies with honey. And that's a really <laughs> good point that you're bringing up. One of the things that in my most recent book, I actually wrote a workbook to accompany this. And in there, there's a chapter on powerful phrases to use. And you just said one of them, which is, uh, and that's somebody delivering something in my (laughs) (laughs) office. This is, this is live. This is live. Yeah. Yeah, 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 There we go. is uh, the power uh, the taking so responsibility? I, I lost. I lost. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah is, take, taking is, responsibility. Is, is you've got, yeah, you've got to take responsibility. But the point that I wanted to make, I started to make it, and then the ding dong blew it right out of my brain. I'm <laughs> that's sorry a, to say that. that that's all right. Um, again, this is well. So again, it's, so this feeling, this emotion. Um, one of the things that I've always found is that the the most important thing when somebody complains is that they want to be heard. Mm-hmm. actually yes. heard not that's, just that's, that the, that's not, the emotion that's emotion right right not just that the sound happened but acknowledge right. that this heard so like again if i complain about something in my hotel room i want them to say oh we're really sorry about that thank you for bringing that to our attention mm-hmm. there you go i i, right. I have been heard it has been acknowledged we're going to let somebody know there you go right. now if it doesn't get fixed then right. I have a bigger issue because right. I told you, right. you said it's going to get done. Right. I'm not there. Okay. So what are, where I wanted to go was the phrase. Yes. And you said something about it. Uh, I'm taking let, responsibility. Let, I'll take responsibility. Let me see what I can do. This is a phrase that I learned from Apple computers. They say this all the time. If you go into one of their stores and something happens, they will, you want something fixed that wasn't mm-hmm. there. They will say, let me see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Now that's a really powerful phrase because what it says is, I'm not, I'm not promising that I'm going to do something. I'm not right. promising that I'm going to give you new cufflinks, no extra right. charge. Right. But let me see what is reasonable here. And then that person could have come back to you with some, you know, here's what I found is that in terms of our margins on this, I will absolutely lose money if I just make another set for you. Right. I think you can understand that. But I can give you 50%. Does that right. sound reasonable? Then I don't make any money, but you don't. It's right. Now, and again, the other side of that, you know, I've done things where I've lost money to make it right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, again, the bigger picture, bigger picture. Uh, I, um, those of you listening who've listened for a while, I have another podcast I did, which is called, what would you pay to make it go away? Uh And, and it was a story of someone that came to me after they got the bad reviews and that if they had given a refund up front, when the person complained, they never would have gotten the bad review. So now they're standing in front of me asking me, how do I make it go away? And I said, hey, if, if I can make it go away, like right now, would you write me a check? And he said, yeah. I said, how big mm-hmm. of a check? He said, pretty big check. I said, is that check bigger than what the customer paid you? He said, yeah. I said, oh, today it is. When you had the chance to write the smaller check, you didn't take it, right? So what mm-hmm. would you pay to make it go away? So sometimes bigger picture is, 
make it right, do the right thing, make the customer happy. Yes, I might have not made money or lost money, but bigger picture, you know, this person is thinking small, they're not thinking big. Um, right. and, and I, at this point, I'm like, you know what, the wedding's coming up, I need to have these, it's gonna cost me 20 bucks, you know, at, with, after the discount, just do it, get my cuff, get the cufflinks, get them the right way. Don't worry about it. And again, if it was $200, maybe different. $2,000, definitely different, right? Because it's $20. I'm like, no, I'm just going to do this to get it off the plate. Absolutely. Do I but like you said, do I feel, how do I feel? I right. still feel like she didn't do the right thing. Right. And, and the real question to ask is, what's the money that you're leaving on the table by not fixing this? I mean, you, you may lose a little bit. Yes, that's the cost of fixing things. Right. But- you know, what would you lose if you if you didn't fix it? That's really, what, what would I lose? And so then that question, let me see what I can do. And you what you may be doing is giving yourself a little breathing space so that you right. can get your emotions under control. Mm -hmm. And right. you're not necessarily angry at the person who brought the complaint, but it's like, darn it, we did this again. We made another way. What, 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 what about asking the, what about asking the customer, you know, what do I have to do to make you happy? Yes, that's right. Or yeah. what can what I do to see, make Or happen? what would seem reasonable to you? Yeah. Right. Clearly, we are, our website needs changing so that you can order these more accurately. Clearly, right. we'll take that responsibility. Uh, what, what would what would seem reasonable to you? I mean, it's like having a conversation with somebody as a real human being, not as right. a transactional customer. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've anecdotally for me, I've found over the years that if I've said to the customer, well, first thing I do is I listen. Tell me, tell me what it is. Yeah. And then I will say, is there anything else that you want to share? Right. Again, emotionally. Right. That's right. And some, some people rewind back to the beginning and tell you again, and I let them go a second time. Right. At the end, when I say, is there anything else I need to know? And if they rewind to the beginning, I say, okay, I, I think you've told me that twice. Let me just tell you what I think I've heard. Mm -hmm. Then you tell me if I have right. it right. Right. And validating right, but you know what they may right exactly but what they may say is well you know i was really upset when i called you because my father-in-law had just died mm -hmm. i mean right. that's you know there's there was all of these backstories that are going on with complaints yep. and it's important for you to find out C can i just say this just i want to make sure that i get this in I really have come to the conclusion that customer service is not what's going to build your business. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be there, obviously. But, yeah. you know, all of these books, if you look on Amazon, you have a rave customer service, making them customers, you know, it's like, and that kind of thing doesn't happen that often. But they have some fantastic examples in their books or in their speeches. But I think the most important thing is to be consistently good about handling feedback, and making yeah. sure you're getting it as much as you can. It's an aspect of customer service, but it's a separate piece of customer service. And if everybody listening to this says to themselves, what, what do I need to do to put complaint handling on the front burner instead of just making it such a fantastic, wonderful experience that I drove in my car 100 miles to deliver the roses at the last minute? <laughs> I mean, those are nice examples, but... Uh, that's not what's really going to drive your business is all that money that you leave on the table because you didn't handle those complaints properly. It's a lot of money. What about internal, not just customer external? What about exactly. internal? What, what, is it same thing? Well, I think then, then we're weaving back to the manager who says, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this. You, you've got to have a structure, a, a culture inside the company that says, 
we value what our customers tell us. You, you right. just that has to be that like has to be part of your culture, and that's part of complaint handling. And that's why I really do believe that in the future, what we're going to see is that customer service is going to go away on the talking points and complaint handling is going to go up. I really believe that, but I've been fooled in the past <laughs> because when I, because when I wrote the first book, the first edition of a complaint is a gift. I thought, well, this will take care of that problem. Everybody will <laughs> if everybody read would read it, it would be right. Janelle, there you go. Or, or if they just got the idea, they just got that mindset. It would take care of the problem, but it's not because there is no way there's no way that we're going to run a business and do it without some kind of issues forming for certain. It's just not, we're not perfect. And, and, and they're not necessarily of our doing, but they happen right. on our watch. And when That's they happen right. on our watch, we have to take right. responsibility That's for right. them. Or the father-in-law died. And so that person right. now comes with a stronger emotionality to whatever right. it is that you do. And you did that for the last customer and it worked fine. And now for this customer, it's not. But what's causing it is the emotional state of that customer. Right. And if you're not listening, to tie it back to what you said, if you're not listening, if you're not hearing what these people are saying, I mean, this really is, in my mind, the whole essence of what good customer service is. And it's just, I like to call it complaint handling. I know, you know, I, it's amazing to me, Alan, how many people don't like that word complaint. Mm -hmm. I was just talking with somebody at a, at a convention I was at and the guy asked me what I did and I told him and he said, well, I don't like the word complaints. What no. does he call it instead? Feedback? Feedback. feedback. Okay. But you see, right. feedback can be either good or bad. Exactly. But a complaint right. is never good. Right. A complaint is good because it's your gift. It's your but gift, it's, yes, but, but, but it's... it's it's bad information that you yeah, bad information that you should be happy to receive because they're that's giving exactly. you a gift. So if people want to find out more about a complaint as a gift, your books are available where? On Amazon. They're available on my website, which is easily enough. www.acomplaintisagift.com. Dot com. Yeah. Dot com. And how many languages is the book in? Well, uh, the, the book in the last two editions has reached 25 different languages and uh, my publisher, Barrett Kohler, is now in Frankfurt at that big books uh, show that they hold every year, and they're selling it. They're selling it there. So nice. this version, this version will come out as well. Uh, Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I'm going to put this in the okay. show notes so people can find out more about you. But we could keep talking about this. But I think we could talk we, about this forever. And we should. And we should keep talking about this because <laughs> yeah. a complaint is a gift. And it is a gift that you came on and shared this with us today. So thank oh, you so much for joining us, thank Janelle. You. Thank you. You're a gift. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Hi, it's Alan Berg. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Wedding Business Solutions Podcast. If you'd like to make a suggestion for a topic or for a guest, you can do that with Ask Me Anything on the button at podcast.allenberg.com. And if you'd like to find out about having me do sales training or speaking for your group or association, and that could possibly be for free, we have some good ideas, contact me at alan at weddingbusinesssolutions.com. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode and hearing your suggestions. Thanks.